This is Midday Magazine for Wednesday, the fifth day of October. I'm Julie Hersey. With these stories, the polls closed in Petersburg last night at 8 o'clock. And here are some preliminary results for the municipal election. 801 people voted in person yesterday. 409 early and absentee ballots are yet to be counted. And these votes are being hand counted this morning at 10 o'clock. That started. Results will be released by the end of the day. And KFSK news staff will be announcing the results when we receive them. Absentee votes had to be postmarked by October 4th and received by October 7th at 9 in the morning, which is when the borough assembly meets to canvas the results. So far in the mayoral election, Mark Jensen's in the lead with 475 votes, Bob Lynn second with 216 votes, Jeff Mucci has 102 votes. There are two assembly seats open. And the two highest vote-getters so far are Scott Newman with 441 votes, Donna Marsh with 377 votes, Jay Stanton-Gregor with 285 votes, and Chelsea Tremblay with 239 votes. Kurt Walhuter has 167 votes. There were three hospital board seats available. Cindy Lagadakis, Kimberly Simbahan, and Joe Stratman are in the lead, and they have about a 100-point lead over James Roberts. There were two seats available for Harbor and Ports Advisory Board. Casey Knight in the lead with 413 votes, followed by John Murgis with 344 votes. Raleigh Cook has 287 votes, and Scott Roberge has 289 votes. For the two three-year terms on Parks and Recreation Advisory Board, there were 275 write-in votes, and they are still being counted. Propositions 1, 2, and 3 all have support from the voters on Election Day. Yes votes lead with 271 votes for Prop 1. Proposition 2 has 400 votes, and Proposition 3, 231 votes. Again, election officials will be counting those early and absentee ballots this morning and will have those unofficial results when they're available. Official results will come after the borough assembly canvasses the election Friday morning at 9. Kodiak's fisheries debates kicked off on Monday night with two challengers in the governor's race, Les Guerra and Bill Walker. Current Governor Mike Dunleavy did not attend the debate. KMXT's Kirsten Dobroth reports. Both candidates spent time deriding Dunleavy's policies and outlining their visions for fisheries management. The need for more science to manage Alaska's fisheries came up early and often during Monday's debate. So did climate change. And both candidates say the current governor's budget has hamstrung the state's ability to do its own research on changing ocean conditions. Former governor and independent candidate Bill Walker. I, one, one flight uh, here, uh, I sat next to a, a young lady that did, was a fishery uh, research biologist uh, for fishing game and was, was laid out because of budget cuts. We need the best available information uh, in making the decisions. We need the best available research. Democrat Les Guerra immediately ripped into Governor Dunleavy's budget cuts. He says the commercial fishing industry is just one area where Alaskans are suffering from the consequences. We can't retain teachers. We can't retain police. I want a strong Department of Fishing Game that does studies. You know what a Department of Fishing Game commissioner does now? He testifies and talks about all the studies he's asked the feds to pay for. Bycatch, which is the incidental catch of non-target species like salmon, also came up early and often. 
The governor created the bycatch review task force last year, but Guerra called it powerless. And he put it together um, so that its recommendations would come out after the legislative session was over. So they couldn't do anything with it. Guerra says picking the right people for Alaska's seats on the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council is a better way to address the issue of bycatch. Walker also says the timing of the task force was convenient for the incumbent governor as he runs for re-election, but he'd keep it around if he were elected. He says the work the group is doing is important. I like the idea of of, of it being a year-round, not just, you know, it's going to expire in November. This issue is not going to expire in November. Governor Dunleavy didn't attend Monday's fisheries debate, which is held in Kodiak every election year. He wasn't at the last one in 2018 either. The conversation between Walker and Guerra was amicable and at times lighthearted. Both candidates say they're tentatively in favor of hatcheries as long as they don't harm wild fish. They talked about the significance of the federal bipartisan infrastructure law and its potential to reinvigorate working waterfronts in coastal communities. Mariculture also came up. Walker says the industry could be a boon for Alaska, but it needs more support and investment. And he claims seaweed makes pretty good beer, too. Guerra says he'd favor small business loans for fishermen to get started in kelp farming. I would like to do everything we can to expand this industry. It's, it's, it's a shoulder season industry, so if you're fishing in the summer, um, uh, you can still do mariculture uh, when you're not out fishing. Both candidates were asked about their long-term visions for Alaska's seafood industry. Walker identified barriers to entry for new fishermen as one of the biggest challenges he sees for the industry. Every fishing boat in my, my world is a, is a small business, and many times it's a family business. And so I want to make sure that that is continued on and, and, and on for, for generations. When asked who they would choose for Alaska's Fish and Game Commissioner, both Walker and Guerra said they want someone who is passionate and has management skills. Guerra says he's looking for someone who can talk fish. It would be somebody who is not there or selected because of their politics, number one. I want them to be somebody who will make decisions based on science. Monday's debate was the first of three fisheries debates in Kodiak, held over two nights. Congressional debates start tonight at 6.30. Kodiak Public Radio Station KMXT will stream the debates from its website. That's kmxt.org. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath. And she's referring to those fisheries debates that were aired last night. And you can hear this fisheries debate available on KFSK, our website, kfsk.org. Cancer is not a simple disease, and when people in remote southeast Alaska get cancer, things may be even more complicated. Travel for specialized care can be expensive and adds additional stress. But an organization in Petersburg is trying to make a tough situation a little easier. Rachel Cassandra has this report. There is no one map to cancer care. Every case is unique. Marlene Cushing is a retired public health nurse who has seen many cancer patients. There's many different kinds of therapy. Some people need surgery. Some people get chemotherapy. Some people get immunotherapy, which uh, the process is a lot like chemotherapy. And uh, finally, some people get radiation. Some get combinations of everything. Christine says that some people just get palliative care. That means care to reduce their symptoms and support them in making the most out of the time that they have left. Christine works with Beat the Odds. It's a nonprofit group under the tax umbrella of the local hospital. They support people with cancer in many ways. Some people get travel vouchers or access to an apartment in Seattle. Others get help with chores. 
That's a service P. O'Reilly sees as crucial. It was very helpful when you can't go to the grocery store yourself and you don't have anybody else around, you know. Riley volunteers with Beat the Odds. She has lived in Petersburg for decades, but is originally from Sweden. And she has survived cancer three times. Beat the Odds runs a cancer support group in town. It's been many years since Riley had cancer, but she still goes to support others. She says it's a time mortality really comes up for people. I think people need um, to have the hope that even if it's looking, you know, not so good, then there's still hope. It didn't look good for me either, but uh, I'm here after that many years, so. Counselor Leah Stanton-Greger facilitates the support group. She tells me that a new diagnosis can be really overwhelming. There's just the kind of initial knowledge that, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I have cancer, now what? And sometimes that can be so all-consuming that, you know, initially those initial stages are just needing to be able to talk about that and kind of debrief about that reality. People in the support group also share practical information. Often people will look to others, maybe, you know, in the group in particular to say, now what? You know, what do I, you know, what do I do? Or here's what my experience is and have, does this seem right? You know, that this is what my doctors are recommending uh, because there's just so much kind of information coming at them quickly, usually, too. Beat the Odds also buys supplies for the hospital. They've purchased comfortable chairs for chemotherapy and special IV pumps and blankets. Riley says these details are important. You know, the hours you're spending up there getting your chemo and those warm blankets really helps. Cushing tells me Beat the Odds pays for cancer treatment training in Petersburg. We've paid for training for the local nursing staff so that people don't have to travel away from town to get that kind of treatment, which is really, really important. Riley was one of those first people to get chemotherapy in Petersburg. I assumed that I was going to have to to go back and forth, you know, to Seattle. Um, so it was a big surprise and it really helped me to be able to be home and um, be strong in between um, treatments because when you're in your own home, you so much easier to heal, right? So being by the water and watch the whales and being in the woods and stuff like that helps. This year, Beat the Odds budgeted over $33,000 for cancer support. The largest amounts will go to travel expenses and medical center training and supplies. Reporting for KFSK in Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Beat the Odds will be hosting its biggest annual fundraising event this Saturday, a 5K Beat the Odds race. People can register at Lee's Clothing ahead of time by cash or check, and there are t-shirts available for the first 200 people to register. The Cancer Support Group will be restarting their in-person meetings, and their next meeting is Friday, October 7th at noon in the library conference room. Both of Petersburg's high school cross-country teams have qualified for the state meet coming up this weekend. They had fast finishes at the regional meet this past weekend in Sitka, with 11 schools participating overall. The Petersburg girls' team placed second, and the boys' team placed third. Individually, junior Kinley Lister 
took fifth in the girls' division with a time of 22 minutes and two seconds. And junior Daniel Asprey led the boys, the Petersburg boys in fourth place with a time of 17 minutes and 27 seconds. KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with head coach Tommy Thompson and some of the runners to talk about the regional meet. Thompson said the team did well, just like he expected. The boys finished third overall in our regions um, in a group of seven teams. Uh, there's actually 10 or 11 teams, but the, the, t- the towns that had full squads, we finished just a few points behind Haynes for second, and then um, a good amount of points behind Rango, who will probably be, end up being state champs, and so they're, they're really deep. But our boys did very, very well. Um, I asked a couple kids to hit their PRs, and we actually had uh, four of our six boys um, had personal bests at Regions, which is it's a big deal to be able to do that. We had a senior who'd never gone under 20 minutes before, and he went under 20. Um, a sophomore who'd never gone under 20 minutes before, and he went under 20. Um, and our, our younger kids, we had uh, two, a freshman and a sophomore who almost went sub-19. It was just right on the cusp of that. So um, really good performances. I think uh, our potential to be to finish in the top two at state, um, if we brought a boys team up there, would be very, very high. Could have another banner on the, on the wall in the gym. Um, we'll see if that happens. Uh, and then our girls did extremely well. Kinley Lister was our number one girl. She placed fifth overall. Um, I think she wanted to be a little bit higher. She was experimenting with a different way of going out. She went out pretty hard, and I think she, she got tired out, but she still had a good, strong race. She was only about 15 seconds off her PR, and she loves hills, and this is a really flat course. I think if she'd had another um, two-tenths of a mile, she probably would have ended up in uh, – in third or fourth, but she's she had she's had coming on at the end of the season, and then our girls finished second overall. And I would say right now our girls are the second best team in the state, which I think our boys are too. Um, but I think our girls will get a chance to prove that when we get up to Anchorage next week. All right, so I'm Braylon Willis, and I'm a junior at Petersburg High School. And how has this season gone for you so far? Um, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but overall it's been a really great season. I hit. Uh, a really good PR this year and got down to 18-18 so it was my first time going sub-19 so overall it's been a great year. Um, any favorite memories? Um, honestly just just all the trips just being with the team in general is just all really a memorable experience just you know I feel like cross country out of a lot of other sports is a, a sport where the team is a lot closer yeah I think like other sports so just just being with the team on trips and stuff is memorable in itself. Anything you learned this year that you'd like to share? Um, you know, just always push to do your best. You have to put in the work to get better, and that's what I really learned, especially with cross country. If you want to get faster, you just you got to get out and run, and just you got to work together as a team, and not to put too much pressure on yourself, but you just got to get out there and run, and just run your race and. I've found that my best race are when I don't put pressure on myself and just go out and have fun with it. I'm Daniel Asprey, and I'm in 11th grade. Do you think you'll go up to state this week? Yes, I will. Um, I'm ready for state and ready to see what I can do on those hills because that's where I thrive the most while running. Hi, I'm Kinley Lister, and I'm in 11th grade. And then how did you do this weekend at Regions? 
Uh, we did pretty good. Um, I got fifth individually, and then the girls' team got second, so that's uh, qualifying both ways for state. So, yeah, it was a good run. <laughs> what was your time this weekend? Uh, this weekend I got a 22.02. Um, so it was, it's a good time. Not, not my best, but it's, it, it did good for that race and that course. And then are you heading up to Anchorage this weekend? Yeah, I'll be headed up with all the um, other girls. It's usually a pretty fun run up there. Um, it's a challenging course, but it's a it's a good one. And any comment about the progress you've made this season for yourself? Well, I was missed about the first half of it because I injured myself, um, and then so it's been I've been slowly rebuilding for myself. Um, I think the team has progressed a lot, um, but I'm about uh, where I was last year. So yeah. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to share, Coach Thompson? Yeah, with Kinley, talk about the girls' team. The uh, Kinley, as a freshman, was she had some, um, she was anemic. I think she had some, and so she had a hard time as a tough year. And we didn't have enough girls for a girls' team. And then last year, we barely had enough girls for a girls' team, and I think we ended up finishing fourth in the state. Um, and that was Kinley's first real year of being healthy. And then this year, she started off, and she had an injury earlier that we were afraid it was gonna derail her whole season and now she's come back super strong and uh is leading by example and by spirit and attitude and I mean our girls team is I mean you know we're on the cusp of being you know the one of the top teams in the state and it's really because Kinley comes to practice every single day she's a great leader she works harder than anybody we can ever ask for very reminiscent of the teams we had a few years ago where it was just hard work and dedication, and she's setting the example and um, really building a great, great group of girls behind her. And then we've had these other young girls that have come up um, to join Alexis, our senior, to really form a very strong group of five. I mean, it's like it really is a fab five at this point because if you look at the other girls around them, it's, it's a 10th grader and there's a bunch of 12th graders. And if you take the 12th graders out, all of a sudden, We've got a group of, you know, four girls right at the top. And um, I think this year they'll have a really good state meet. And then next year, the, really the sky's the limit as far as how we can perform at the region and state, state level. That was Petersburg cross-country coach and runners speaking with KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto. And the team is heading to the state tournament this weekend in Anchorage. That wraps up another Midday Magazine this week for a Wednesday. And coming up next, we have uh, a look at the weather after this message. Midday Magazine on KFSK is sponsored by Rockies Marine, selling Yamaha four-stroke outboards from a 2.5-horsepower portable to the F-350 V8 all rated for ultra-low emissions, including the 4.2-liter V6, 225, 250, and 300-horsepower models. Yamaha's full four-stroke lineup, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturday, 9 to 1, on the web at rockiesmarine.com, 772-3949, or toll-free at 800-478-3949. It's 54 degrees outside, and our forecast today calls for numerous rain showers this afternoon with highs in the middle 50s. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Rain showers become scattered, lows in the upper 40s. And then tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, highs in the middle 60s. Mostly clear tomorrow night as well, lows in the middle 40s. And then for Friday, mostly clear, continuing right through Friday night. 
and temperatures still in that upper 40s to lower 60 degree range. Saturday, clouding up with a chance of rain and highs in the middle 50s. Cloudy on Saturday night, still chance of rain. And then Sunday, rain likely. Highs in the middle 50s and rain continues through Sunday night. By Monday, cloudy chance of rain showers and highs in the lower 50s. And Monday is Indigenous Peoples Day, formerly known as Columbus Day. And for some people, it is a three-day weekend. And mostly cloudy for Monday night and Tuesday. Well, we have a low tide coming up this afternoon at 444. It's a 4.3-foot low and high tide this evening, well, tonight rather, 1037 at 15 feet. Sun came up at 2 minutes past 7, and it sets at 618 tonight. 